Thanks for tuning in to the Lighthouse 805 podcast. We're continuing our Disneyland series today with Adventureland. Hope you enjoy. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing today? Happy, happy almost Christmas. Um, even though it's, we haven't had Thanksgiving yet, it's okay. We're just, uh, we're bypassing it pretty much this year. We can be thankful that it's almost Christmas time. Okay. <laughs> Uh, for those of you who are just, uh, you're here in person, sorry podcasters, uh, today we have a donut wall going on and it, it just smells delicious in here. That is, you walk in the door and it's just sugar for days and uh, the, my son walked in and he full on was like, that is my donut after children's ministry. I don't know which one he pointed to, he just, in his mind, he knew that was his donut. So um, may God have mercy on your soul if you choose his donut. <laughs> just kidding. Um, man, I, I'm, I'm really excited for this whole sermon series and how it's shaping up. It's, it's Disneyland. Like that, it's one of my favorite places on this planet. Um, I love it. And I never knew that anyone would be more obsessed than me. And I'm not even that obsessed. But my wife is like extra <laughs> about Disneyland. And then when I met my wife of how extra she is, I'm like, this lady is crazy for Disneyland. And then I realized how much more so her mom is. That's, that is a whole other level of Disney. Um, there, there are too many stories. Uh, it's, oh my gosh. It's so funny, like, when we hang out and we're not going to go to Disneyland, she's like, can we at least just go to downtown Disney and look at the entrance? We're like, okay, sure. And the kids get all excited and we're like, psych, we're not going to Disneyland today. Um, <laughs> It's not cruel. They enjoy downtown Disney, okay? It's just, you got you to gotta set your child up for, for disappointment. <laughs> I'm joking. Nikki, I think your, your humor just passed on. But <laughs> Thank you. Adventureland. Today, today we're talking about Adventureland. And before we even get started uh, jumping into it, if you have your connection card with you, um, get ready to fill that out and turn it in. Um, at the end, we're going to collect them, and if you don't have one, raise your hand, and uh, Tammy will drop one off at you throughout the message at some point. Uh, thanks, Tammy, for Volin being told on that. Uh, Adventureland. This whole sermon series is about building happiness, and the, the tagline has really become, finding happiness is not a destination, it's a journey with Jesus. This week, we're stepping into um, Adventureland. Adventureland, and... Uh, how many people remember, Adventureland has really changed over the years, and one of the, the cool insights that was Adventureland is Walt Disney, um, this is a fun fact about Disneyland, but Walt Disney was walking down when it first opened, and they had the, the Jungle Cruise open, and Walt had overheard a mom and a child, and the, the child goes, I want to get on the Jungle Cruise, and mom said, we've done that, we've seen it, we did that last time, and Walt had this realization that if you do the same thing over and over and over, it, it's the, the excitement is lost and no one's going to want to come back. And it was in that moment he realized the adventure needs to keep growing and expanding and it can't be the same. And I really think that's, that's our relationship with Jesus. He's like, I'm, I'm not setting you up to just repeat the same things in life over and over. I'm, I'm really setting you up to take you on grander and greater adventures. That's why we have the verse from glory to glory. It's not just that we're sitting on a mountaintop experience. We had Jesus, and it's great. It's fantastic. And now I got 50 years left in my life. Great. 
God's like, no, that's not, that's not where your adventure ended with me. That's where your adventure started with me. And so this concept of adventure land is, is what's our adventure with Jesus? How is our relationship with Jesus? It's, it's really an adventure. And I, I can't promise you that when, when we meet Jesus, life just gets better. Like, that would be like, that'd be the worst advice I could ever give a pastor. Like, once you find Jesus, it's going to be great. Well, it's going to be rocky. <laughs> but you're going to be loved the whole way. <laughs> there's going to be ups, there's going to be downs. It's going to be an Indiana Jones ride. Your fear of a snake will pop out of nowhere, and you'll be terrified every single time. But you're on an adventure with Jesus. A little home. Sorry, Patty. I had to talk about the snake. And I wanted to talk about Adventureland through the eyes of, of Mary. And I know we're kind of bypassing Thanksgiving a little bit. We're t- going to talk about the first start of the Christmas story. So Mary to Jesus. Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 33. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, but the Lord is with you. I, I, I want to just pause on that moment. Did you, did you ever catch that? The Lord is with you. When he talks to her, he's talking to her in two different ways. He's saying, God's with you, but he's saying, God is with you inside of you right now. And I want to say that's, that's the concept when God is speaking to us when we go through situations. God's with us. He's not just like, I'm holding my, my hand with God. I went to a camp once, and, and the camp counselor was like, anytime you need help, you just hold your hand up, and God will hold your hand. I don't understand the whole message. I just remember that, and it was a weird concept. But God is with us internally also. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. I think it's, it's kind of funny. Have, have you ever walked to Adventureland in Disneyland? There is the greatest distraction at the very entryway of Adventureland. And it gets me every time. It gets me like, it gets me like drooling a little bit. It gets my wallet a little bit. Because I have to get the Dole Whip. Like the Tiki Room. Do you guys, does anyone like know the, the Dole Whip? I lost my mind when I found out that the same Dole Whip machine was like in Ventura. I did, I had, did you guys know that at the harbor? They have the same one. I like lost my mind. I was just like, that says Dole Whip. And they're like, yeah, it's the same one. And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> I was so excited. I ate way too many in Ventura and then I got sick of them. So I'm, I'll get back on it. But at the entryway, before any rides happen, before anything occurs, it's the Tiki Room. Right, it's a bunch of animatronic birds chirping, and then there's like a storm, and then there's the, the dull whip. It's like the distraction of the entry gate before any adventure can happen. And I think it's kind of interesting, before we have any adventure with Jesus, sometimes things can come along that might derail us from having an actual adventure with Jesus. 
So number one, it's, called, it's entitled The Point, For I Know the Adventure I Have for You. Yes, it's a play on a verse. I know the adventure I have for you. I, I, I think I like to imagine God just sitting on his throne, looking down and seeing the great adventure he has for us. And then as we're like walking towards it all excited, he sees the obstacle coming at us and he's like, please call on my name. Please call my name. Please call. Okay, now you're stuck. Can you call my name now? Can you call? Just call on my name. <laughs> and he sees it. And there's, there's sometimes distractions that happened. So what are some obstacles from fully jumping into the adventure of God that he has for us? Number, or letter A, entertained. Entertainment. This can be a distraction. Let me, let me explain. It's easier to sit back and watch God move than it is to jump in and partner with God on the adventure. We can have this like backseat mentality of like, oh, I'm ready for the adventure with God. All right, God, do everything. I, I just want to watch this. God's like, what? Uh, we're doing this together. You're the one on the adventure, and I'm here with you. And it's easier to be entertained by God rather than be built up and move forward with God. That's the concept of like the tiki room. Like there's two different really attractions at Disneyland. There's the entertainment attraction where you just sit down and be entertained. And then there's the rides where you go in and, and you take part in this. And God's calling us to this ride mentality with him of saying, I want you to go forward with me. I want to progress. I want to do these things. I want to see life happen with you. But then we can get derailed and sit down for a show and go, is this, is this it? And God's like, I need you to put one foot in front of the other and keep moving forward. And it's this tiki room distraction, if you will. Next time you see the birds, you're gonna be like, oh, that's a distraction from the true rides. It's easier to be entertained by God than it is to go on the adventure. Be preoccupied. This is, this is kind of like the Dole Whip concept. The worst part about getting the Dole Whip and wanting to enjoy it is you walk with it and then you get to a ride and they're like, sir, you need to throw that away before you get in. And you're like, I just bought this. And then you have to get out of line or throw it away. That's the worst feeling in the world. Because you're like, I just spent $72,000 on this Dole Whip and I'm not throwing away right now. So you have to make the decision of sitting back, walking backwards in line, and watching everyone else get in line as you're like, now I'm not even enjoying this. You know, <laughs> I'm just mad at you with that name badge. <laughs> and it's like, we're, we can become preoccupied. We can, we can get something else that we were hungry for, and that, other, that un, other hunger or that other thirst is now preoccupying our time and having us avoid the adventure with God. Sometimes this can be sin, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's just something that's distracting us from saying, I'm ready to move forward in my life with you. Sometimes this is just past relationships. Sometimes this is like a work thing. Sometimes this is just something else. What is a distraction that is holding us from going forward? And the worst part of it is, Every single one of us know deep down our soul when we know what we're supposed to be doing next. And then God's like, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you going to throw it away, finish? Well, come on. The line is moving forward, and I need you to get on. 
there, there's these obstacles that will hold us back. It's the, it's the dole whip of life. Thank you. <laughs> C, overwhelmed. Another obstacle we can have when, when God calls us to adventure in life is we can be overwhelmed. It can be too much. Do you know why I fully believe that God only reveals a little bit of what we're supposed to be doing next at a time? Like, have you ever been so frustrated? Like, I know I'm supposed to be doing something and you get a little glimpse. And then you start praying and you're like, what is it, God? And then you get another little tiny glimpse. And he doesn't give you the full picture. Because sometimes if we had the full picture, we might not step out in faith on it. It's like, it's too much. We'll be overwhelmed. Uh, I remember sitting as a, a little kid and I think it happened to London too, um, our daughter. If you go to the tiki room, you sit down, and you know the birds start like, tiki, 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 room. You know, they start singing. And then all, all of a sudden, there's like this rainstorm. And it's just like loudness and lightning. And I was overwhelmed as a child, like freaking out. And I think London got pretty scared the first. And she's like, I came in here to see a bird. And now there's lightning. <laughs> you know, it it's, can be overwhelming. One of the big obstacles in life when we're moving on adventures with God is we can get overwhelmed so much so that we miss out on what's happening. Overwhelmed. Feeling that God has called us to something too big for us to handle. Does anyone know why God calls us to something bigger than we can handle? So that we have to rely on him to do it. Because if God calls us to do something that we can instantly do like this, then it doesn't require faith. It doesn't require hardship. It doesn't require refinement. It doesn't require anything. We could just step out and do it. Like, you know what I mean? God's like, I, my purpose for you is I want you to fill this cup of coffee up. It's like, oh, I need to intercede and fast on this one, God. It's been really hard for me to put coffee in this coffee cup. No, God calls us things that are just huge and they're too big and it's, it's overwhelming and it's, he wants us to press in on faith with him. Those are the things Number two, more than I bargained for. More than I bargained for. This, is, this, this concept, so we go past the Tiki Rim and then the Jungle Cruise. Uh, how, how many people have ridden on the Jungle Cruise maybe like, like maybe like once to five times? Has anyone like done that? Like once to five, you're good. Maybe over like 60? Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Easily. Thanks, Patty. We're, we're probably somewhere around 100. <laughs> That's my guess. <laughs> That's the backside of water. Um, the Jungle Cruise. The Jungle Cruise, it's, it's, a, it's a funny, just weird ride, you know? It started off, innocently enough, of just being a cruise through the jungle. And, and the, the funny thing about the Jungle Cruise was it was one of the least expensive rides to make. They repurposed other rides into the scenery. Do you know the, the jungle plants, the, like how it looks all look luxurious? So Walt had this idea of saying, how can we repurpose plants that are already growing here? So they took orange trees and planted them upside down so that the roots became vines. Do you know those are the jungle plants? It's just orange trees because it was an orange field. What are those called? Growth. Growth. Thanks. It's a hard word to remember. <laughs> orange grove. That's it. It was an orange grove. They took them upside down. That became the vines. Do you know the, the people's eyes and how they, they the, the animals' eyes and they all glow and it looks kind of, 
those are just marbles with reflective um, tape on it. They were like, how can we make this ride be inexpensive? <laughs> and it was, it was crazy. And then they didn't, they didn't dig the trough deep enough because they're like, it's going to cost this much more to go this, this couple more feet. So most of the ride is only four feet deep. So they dumped food coloring in it to make it murky water. It's crazy. So, so this, this Jungle Cruise, is, it's, it's such a simple, basic ride just to give people back in the day a, a trip through the jungle in the most inexpensive way possible. Because it was just kind of like an extra ride. They were like, we'll just have this to be part of Adventureland. And then it started evolving into being this, this you know, there's hippos and there's all these things. And, there's, uh, and it started becoming these crazy, unexpected things. What started off as seeing a jungle and seeing an elephant became almost chaos and, and stuff happening during the rides. And now it's just a joke, right? But that's sometimes our relationship with Jesus. At first, it's like God's like, I'm going to take you on this adventure. And all of a sudden, there's unexpected hippo that pops out of nowhere, right? And it can be scary. It's like, ah, I didn't bargain for this, God. I, I sung kumbaya and peace and joy, and I'm excited. And now there's this. I'm kind of scared. And, and sometimes the relationship with Jesus can be more than we bargain for. It's this adventure. So Luke chapter 1, verse 34 through 37 says this. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who is said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. Verse 37 is a great memory verse. If, if, that's, if there's ever something that you're doubting God on, that's the verse to memorize. How will this be? Mary's minding her own business, favored by God, and God's like, hey, by the way, you're going to be pregnant with God. What? I was just loving Jesus and God a moment ago. This is a little bit more. I wasn't expecting this. What are you talking about, Jesus? What, what does this even mean? And, and sometimes we can, we can be thrown these curveballs by God, and it's like, I, was, I didn't sign up for this, God. I signed up to feel better in life and to go to heaven. This is way more than I bargained for. And God's like, but I'm calling you to this because I know you're the only one that can handle it. And we have to have that kind of understanding. So A, what happens when we have more than we bargain for? A, I, I don't understand. I don't understand. Well, when God throws you curveballs in life, it's not for you to understand. It's for you to say, yes, God. We don't need to understand it all. I, I get, as a pastor, um, I get a lot of questions, a lot of questions about, you know, what's, you know, what does this mean in the Bible? And so we'll dig deep and we'll look at the Hebrew and Greek. I also get other questions that are like, what do you think about this? And I'm like, I have no clue. I've never thought about that. Well, you're a pastor. You should know. And I'm like, I don't know. We'll find out in heaven. You know, it's, it's more than I bargain for, like in the, in the questions. But one of my favorite Jungle Cruise quotes is this. When they walk 
or when you're going on the cruise and you go behind the waterfall, they like say it every time, and look, ladies and gentlemen, it's the backside of water. As a kid, I'd be like, and I just didn't understand it. I'm like, so this is the backside. And then I started rationalizing. So does that mean there's a backside in my faucet, or is that circular, or is that cylindrical, or is both sides front? And I, I went way off the deep end when I was a kid. <laughs> I thought about so many random stuff. But the backside of water, it's, it's, it's not for us to understand everything that God throws at us. You know, there's a lot of things we're going to be confused by, but God sees that specifically tied in with 60, 70, 80, year old, 80 years down the line of other things that are being tied into. And we can't actually even comprehend what he's doing in the whole meantime. He's tying it all in, and, and our natural response is, God, I need you to explain it to me first, and God's like, you can't even understand it. Your brain can't hold this information. So I'm telling you to do this, do it. B, more than I bargained for is I'm not qualified. I'm not qualified. Not one tour guide on the Jungle Cruise is qualified to lead a true Jungle Cruise in the world outside of the Jungle Cruise. How do I know this? Because one time we're, we're on the Jungle Cruise and we're going around and it was, it was like such a funny, I think I was the only one that laughed, but I thought it was hilarious. There, there's this downed plane and, it's in, and we're coming up to it and he goes, oh no, the downed plane. And he goes, you know what that means? And everyone's like, like what is he going to say? And he goes, hippos. Because it's the next part on the trek. And I thought it was hilarious. I was like, this guy's funny. But it's the realization of I'm not qualified. That guy is not qualified to lead a Jungle Cruise ride in the middle of the Amazon, right? He is qualified to know the hippos come after the down plane. Likewise, in my own life, I am not qualified to do the things I'm doing. But God is saying, I will train you and equip you when you need it. I just need you to step out in faith. I just need to keep going forward. You can't have all the training first and then do it. That you'll never even be moving. My boss always says our team is building a bicycle while riding that bicycle. I'm like, that's not comforting. <laughs> what do you mean we're building it? And then I'm visually picturing like trying to do a wheelie as we're constructing the front wheel. And then anyways, I get really distracted. But that's the same relationship with God. We are, we're literally riding a bicycle that we're trying to build at the same time. We just have to step out in faith. We have to keep moving forward. You're not trained enough. You're not qualified enough but God is working on it. With Mary, she is not qualified enough to raise the son of the living God. None of us are. We're not perfect parents. Nobody. And I, I think it's, it's kind of comical trying to imagine Mary in the situation saying, God chose you. <laughs> You're going to be the mom to Jesus. She had no qualifications. She had not had a child yet. Do you know, it's, it's really easy to critique a parent if you don't have a child yourself, but then the moment you have a child, you're like, what was I thinking beforehand? This is so different. With Mary, she hadn't had a child yet. She was not qualified to even be a mom. And God says, you're, you're a mom. I think it's interesting. He, he, he calls you before he qualifies you. He calls you before he trains you. 
on the last aspect of more than I bargained for is see, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. On the Jungle Cruise, I have never gotten on that ride by myself. I've never been on that ride at all by myself. It's not even possible because there is a Jungle Cruise operator at the bare minimum and you. You can't be alone. Bare minimum, it's you and the operator. Maximum, they just keep shoving people on, okay, until they stop hitting. I don't know how many people that is. But it's, it's packed out, and, and I, I love that because it's the, th- the thing that I, I think about a lot is more than I'm bargaining for, sometimes it's easy to think, oh, man, God's calling me to do this, and I don't know how I'm going to do this, and I'm alone, and I'm this, and I'm that, and God's like, whoa. It's not just you. You got people around you. And all you need to do is take your eye off of the hippo-blowing bubbles and the guys on the totem pole and the tribals throwing the spears and stuff like that and look around and say, you're not alone. Take your eyes off the problem and realize you're in community. That's, that's when we're, we feel, this is more than I bargained for, Jesus. I can't do it. He's like, yeah, you can't. That's why I'm here with you and you got others to help. Number three, living adventurous. The Indiana Jones ride is easily one of my favorite rides at Disneyland. That was, that was, one, that was my top favorite ride. As, man, I don't know. Star Tours was my favorite, but then I would say Indiana Jones was like second favorite. And I had to do it. At least, if one of them was broken, you better believe I'm waiting in line until I get the other one. Like I got to go on one of those. And Indiana Jones, I remember as kids, um, we weren't the brightest kids, I, I would say. But, so there's three of us boys, and any time we would go visit our grandparents, we'd drive up and then go through. Disneyland was kind of like my dad saying, let's go to the grandparents' house this summer. This is your summer vacation. And we're like, okay. And he's like, we'll stop at Disneyland. And we're like, Yes. And that was like the bribe. <laughs> We'd be all excited. That's how we were quiet in the car. He's like, oh, guys, you need to be quiet. Disneyland. You don't want to lose that. Like, <laughs> He's going to take, take away the mouse. And so, <laughs> parenting. Um, I heard Disneyland, and we'd sit on the, the Indiana Jones ride, and we'd always like be all worked up about like things on the ride. You know, we're like, wow, that's real fire. Like, who's down there? Like, it's really erupting. And, like, we, we start thinking it's real. We were very young. I remember one time John was like, I wonder if we can make the fire bigger. And, like, so then we just, we kept talking to my dad to keep writing over and over. And he's like, okay, I found the Disneyland brochure. He goes, you yell over there so dad looks that way. I'll throw in the fire to see if it gets bigger. <laughs> and, like, that was... We were those kids at Disneyland. We're just, sorry, sorry, Walt, if, you're, if someone's listening from Disneyland right now. Um, but it was, it was so ridiculous. Living adventurous. I love the ride because it's, you go on this adventure, you're, you're collecting the things, and it has a whole story with it, and you have to escape the giant boulder that rolls and all that. But Luke 1, 8, 1 38 says this, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. I'm convinced that if we had this heart, 
our lives and all the lives around us would be completely changed. I am the Lord's servant. I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled Then the angel left her. When we're living adventurous, we need to do a few things in order to stay on track. A, setting expectations. One of the best things and one of the worst things we can ever do is set expectations. Worst being set wrong expectations. Best things set correct expectations. Have you ever talked to someone and given the wrong expectations off the bat? And then like later on, you're like, I need to readjust these. Meaning I'm going to have to have a horrible conversation saying, hey, remember that thing I said earlier that you've built all the stuff up on? We need to forget that and now do this. That's the worst. <laughs> we have this in, in, on our team. It, the saying is, is a client expectation set correctly? Meaning, did you tell them the correct timeline? Because their entire company thinks this website's getting launched on this day. And if it's not, you're in trouble. <laughs> and then you have to call, like, so have some news. <laughs> That's not happening. So, you know, you buffer it a little bit. And then you get a surprise and say, hey, we're two weeks early. Great, awesome. But when we have the incorrect expectations, that is the worst feeling in the world. Have you ever had bad expectations with a loved one? In your mind, you have this expectation of, oh, my spouse or my significant other or my friend is going to do this, and then they don't do it, and they never said they would. You just had the expectations they would do it. And then you're let down because you let yourself down and the other person had no clue? That's like the worst feeling. And then you're just angry at them. You're like, I can't believe they did this. And it's like, what? They never said they would do it. They never agreed to it. And they can't read your mind. And we can do that with God so many times. Like, I have this expectation. God's going to show up and he's going to miraculously blow this trumpet and this thing. And God's like, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't agree to that. He's like, you didn't even talk to me first. We need to set up correct expectations by God by seeking his word, hearing his voice, and knowing what he's actually saying for us to do. Because that will align us to be ready for what's to come rather than, oh, I'm hurt. I'm giving up. I quit. Set correct expectations. Mary did this by saying, I am the Lord's servant. Servant to her meant forever committed. That was the, that was the law. I am forever committed to do whatever you ask of me. That's what she's saying. It's not, um, okay, I'm locking in until I give birth and I'm done. No, she said, I'm your servant. I am serving you for the remainder of my life. B, no, there will be danger. The Indiana Jones ride, I've never sat on it and gone, wow, that was just a, a wonderful, smooth ride. They just did this nice tour through the temple. No snakes, no fire, no boulder. No, the, we have this expectation that it's going to be a, bu a bumpy ride. That's why we ride the ride. But in our relationship with Jesus, we have to know that there's going to be ups and downs. We have to know that the world's going to throw us storms, and we have to be ready to go after Jesus in those moments. And then lastly, see, God took the wheel. God took the wheel. In the Indiana Jones ride, uh, the steering wheel is there. 
as a kids, we would always fight who got to sit at the steering wheel. And then I'm, I'm pleased to announce years later, when we had children, they get to fight who gets to sit at the steering wheel. <laughs> and what the funniest part is the steering wheel, it's just bolted on and you can spin it in any direction. It doesn't affect the ride whatsoever. Does absolutely nothing. And what's kind of funny is in our own lives, we can try to take control of our life and say, I'm steering it this way. And God's like, okay, I'm in control of the wheel. You can, you can totally believe that you want to do that, but I'm calling you to do this. You're going to face tests, and then you're going to realize at some point that I'm actually steering your life. I think we, that, that builds up faith. It, it, can, it can cause us to have fear, or it can cause us to have a little bit of faith. God, I realize I have no control of my life, so I'm going to trust in you. Or, I realize I have no control of my life. What do I do? <laughs> we trust in God, because he controls it. There's a track of our life, and he is in control. We can't be derailed, and, and there's nothing the enemy can do to get us off course. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I, I pray that you would just continue speaking to us today, that we would not be frustrated, annoyed, and weary that we're on an adventure with you, but excited and ready for what life has in store. God, you are in complete control. And let's recognize that and have a wonderful time. God, any of us that are, are frustrated and hurt right now, that we had expectations that were set wrong and we're just frustrated with God, I pray that you would just let those start melting away and realign those expectations. We'd understand that you're in this with the long haul on our lives. Obstacles that come against us will fade away because you're with us. In your mighty name, amen. Thanks for listening. For other episodes, more about Lighthouse 805, opportunities to give, or just want to check us out, visit our website at www.lighthouse805.com. See you next time.